Transition by Panta Kalhor, Episode 7. Let's be together in transition. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition channel in YouTube and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Get pregnant by unleashing your reproductive power. Welcome to Author Promoting Show and uh, I'm your host Panta Kalhor. Reading and writing is going to be a passion for many people. And some people put this passion in, in their career. They are technical writers, they are um, writers in magazines, they write their books. So these are lots of people who really wish to understand about this adventure. I think writing is adventure itself. Today we have Susan Jagannath, and she is the best-selling author for three times. Uh, she is a real adventurous, <laughs> and uh, she uh, she is interested in hiking. And she has three books about hiking. I'm gonna welcome her to our podcast, and I want her to talk about her adventure and why she. Uh, she started writing books. Welcome to our show, Susan. Thanks, Mantia. Great to be here. And uh, yeah, you're right. Writing is the greatest adventure of all. Because when you write a book that touches another person, it, you can really change someone's life. And I think, I think that's the greatest adventure and also the greatest privilege which we have as authors is that we can you know, sit at our desks and write words that change lives. And, that's, and when you can mix it up with, uh, with hiking or your passions, you have a recipe for success. So I love to hike and have adventures and I sh love to share those passions with people. So that, that's, yeah, that's a recipe for me. Writer, right? <laughs> technical writer for 15 years. And yeah, I'm still a technical writer. Oh, you are. Uh, I, yeah, I'm trying to get out of that. But uh, people don't let me escape because I don't apply for jobs. <laughs> they come to me. <laughs> so I still occasionally do technical writing, but uh, I, take, I only take contracts because I want to. And now because of the, because of the pandemic, you know, I take the contract because obviously I can't hike. So, yeah. Yeah. And but because, writing uh, is a good uh, career because you always can do it at home. You don't need to do it uh, in office. So that's good. Yeah. That's a good. It's beautiful. Yeah. I actually um, read your bio about your childhood. You were a traveler all the time, right? From moving from one city to another one and school, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah my, tell my me dad... about it. Tell me about your story. <laughs> okay. My dad was in the army. So uh, obviously we moved, like, I think I, I've been in 22 different places by the time I was 22. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> we moved every, sometimes the lo we moved every uh, either two years or six, sometimes six months. And uh, I don't know, in those days, people were not, uh, this thing of, you know, children having to have the same school and having to be 
have a secure life and all that. Nobody thought about that. We just, our security was our family and we just packed up and went. And uh, I, I do remember missing my friends a little bit, but I made friends again and we had uh, the most marvelous time because, you know, India is not really a country. It's, it's almost like a continent. Every place is different. You have different languages, different food, different sites to see. So, you know, every, every move was a huge adventure for us. I don't know if it was such an adventure for my mother because later on when I got married and I had to move house on my own, I was thinking, oh, <laughs> moving is a hard part, really. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it was, it was harder. The moving was okay, but the, yeah, the packing. And, I know, packing, unpacking. And, yeah. <laughs> and somehow, I don't know what it is. One would imagine that we would learn to live with very little but in each place you went, we collected more stuff because say we'd go to the, you know, we'd go to South India and we'd say, oh my God, there's such beautiful statues here of this area and we'd buy one or two. And then you, from there you go to Kashmir and in Kashmir you say, I can't leave Kashmir without the carpets. <laughs> so you just collect all this stuff. And it doesn't help that in the army, when my dad was in the army, the, they would give you a, a full train carriage. It was called a EVK. So a goods carriage, you got a full one. And literally we would just drive the car in there and stack all our boxes in there. And away we went. So we never had a problem of space when we were moving. And I think that was terrible because you could just collect heaps of junk. <laughs> yeah. But I see something interesting in your book when I read it. Uh, yeah you actually carry all your experience in traveling with your parents inside your book because you have lots of good guidance how to pack up for hiking whenever you want to go to very long distance hiking especially in this trekking the valley of uh, flower in last book i love reading that book Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I, I said, oh, I'm going to go to this adventure, you know. You, but uh, you actually write about it uh, in a very detailed way that people yes. can go and refer. Even they, can, they, they would know what to bring with themselves. How many hours they can go and which uh, trek they have to take. So tell me about your book the last book you wrote? Well, The Value of Flowers, uh, you know, it was, again, most of my books are, are dream books. You know, one would imagine I've traveled enough, but of course you can never travel enough. So there are some locations which we had never seen. And this particular one, Value of Flowers, it was actually not open in my childhood. It was closed for many, many years. And it, they only opened it in about the 90s. And by the 90s, uh, you know, we would talk about it, but all my, the, we are a group of four friends. All my friends, we were in IT. And that was a time when Bangalore was just becoming the IT capital of the world. So we were like the pioneers. We were the first people who were taking, you know, converting Bangalore into an IT capital. We were all in IT. And uh, we were so busy that uh, when we had holidays, uh, not for me because I was a bit older, but my friends, were, their holidays were maternity leave where they had their babies. <laughs> 
all our holidays were for me it was taking my children up to see my you know see my my family or my husband's family so we had that concept in india it was very traditional at that time that you didn't especially if you were a married woman you didn't spend your holidays on yourself you spent it on your children or you spent it for your in-laws or your family and finally now after i think it took us 20 years or 25 years we just said enough <laughs> <laughs> all our children are grown up we, you know they don't need us uh, and uh, let's let's go and do this trip and it really because we had been talking on on zoom and on whatsapp it didn't matter that we were in different countries so at one stage last year we just said really this we just keep talking and they were actually talking about my other books because i had just written a, another himalayan book we were talking about that and they said susan why don't we all go together to the valley of flowers which we, you know which wow. we've been wanting to do for 25 years and all of us like we've gone near it but we haven't gone there so the whole thing was planned in in 2 weeks and uh, it was you know we just took off and because i've hiked before i knew exactly what to take and a lot of it is because the valley of flowers is the indian himalayas so we are not uh, the indian himalayas are actually very easy to hike in because there's so much of you can find people there to help you for anything and it is well set up so we just yeah we just went for it and uh, we all flew in uh, to deradun which is the jumping off point and we all met over there and yeah and then we we took it slow deliberately the because i have altitude you know i have i get altitude sickness i can't breathe very well but so you have to ascend slowly so we had a great time ascending slowly and we also had a great time meeting and chatting and laughing it was a yeah it was a girls adventure it was fantastic because even though we do see each other once in every two or three years we had never spent a lot of time together and uh, you know for so long and it was it was just fantastic catching up and what was fantastic was that we didn't talk about work yeah <laughs> we didn't talk about families we just talked about the things which we were passionate about and there's some things which you can only talk with your girlfriends and it was really beautiful i love it yeah it's good yeah. that you when you finally said enough i'm going to just go and follow my passion <laughs> so yeah it's susan what is good about being an author what what was your feeling when you see when you saw your book published for the first time Oh I think it's a bit of an addiction pantia it's you know uh, <laughs> you get a real rush of joy I think it's sheer joy and accomplishment you feel that okay here I've created something which is really it's going to live forever like you know we can talk about it we can we can put tweets about it we can put facebook about it but we know how facebook and tweets they just scroll and they vanish but a book it kind of stays there forever and it's always findable it's uh, you know i know that sort of you know when i'm dead and gone that book is going to be there and it's going to be i'm going to leave some kind of legacy for my children and my grandchildren and it's uh, something permanent like you know i read books which are written by osi jane austen or j r r tolkien i read these books which are written hundreds of years ago and you know you read jane austen and you think 
This is an English woman living in a small village. She never traveled more than 100 miles from anywhere, from her home. And yet, we have the same experiences. It's, you know, I can, when I read her books, I can think, really? It's not just me who has these feelings. <laughs> and I think reading is something and writing books is something which unites us in our common humanity. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter what your culture is sort of it doesn't even matter your language when you read the book you get inside the mind of a whole culture a person and it's there's nothing better than having your mind blown open and all your prejudices blown away <laughs> and nothing is better than reading a book with a hot cup of coffee or tea oh, and just yeah. sit and enjoy reading and that's that's the best part of it and to my experience, maybe because uh, we are not from the computer generation. From the beginning, we didn't have computer. And yeah. uh, we really used to read print book. <laughs> yes, print book. yes. That's what I really enjoy right now. Even because I don't like to read Kindle books like in rush, 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 rush. Having a print, printed book, and then just flip, flip the pages, you know, it feels good, feels home, feels relaxation, you know, yes. That's because when we read a print book, we're really connecting everything. We're connecting the eyes, the brain and the touch and the movement, which we don't get from a Kindle book. But you know what I do? I buy a lot of Kindle books because I'm too impatient to go to the shop and buy the book because I want to read it. So very often, particularly if I read a, a business book or if I read a nonfiction book, I always have, you know, I always have, uh, if you can see this, I have post-its of various sizes next to me. And uh, what I do is I, I take notes in my post-it so that what happens then I, I, really, uh, I really learn what is written in the book. Otherwise, if I read a, a business book, if you're reading a book to learn something and you just look at it on the Kindle, sometimes it just goes, as you said. But uh, yeah, so when I read a book, I always have a, a little a bunch of this. This is my little bunch of post-its, which I keep next to me in <laughs> different sizes. Always and, writing. Uh, Even, yeah, me too. Yeah when, I, yeah, when I read the book, I always write, write, write. And even, yeah. you know, when I was a baby, not the baby, come on. <laughs> when I was, um, when I knew that I can write, like mm -hmm. seven-year-old, eight-year-old, I started writing, writing poems, writing, yeah. you know, essays, you know, the passion of writing, I guess, it's, uh, it's in you from mm. the beginning. Even if you have another job or career to follow, but still you have this passion and you knew one day you're going to publish your book. Yeah, that's, I was a great reader as well when I was little. I was, there was as you said, there was nothing else to do for, for, you know, there was no, literally, you won't believe it, but we got TV in our house when I was 20 years old. <laughs> Before that, there was no TV in India in the places where we lived in the army. So we, and I thought, and the programs were so boring, I, I wasn't bothered about it. 
So the only thing to do on those long journeys, those long train journeys or the long afternoons when you had nothing to do was to read. I would, I would read uh, crazily. And another, another thing I want to say about growing up in India, we kind of, because we were bilingual, we got a double whammy of, of, uh, of treasures from both different cultures. And uh, it's uh, even now sometimes, you know, there's some great Indian authors like say Salman Rushdie and you know, others. And I just wonder how people who don't know Hindi or Urdu, how they can understand the book because, you know, we, they write in layers. There are so many layers there which only someone who's bilingual can understand that, you know, what he's really saying. Sometimes I'll read the books and I'll think, I'll read, you know, these books by Indian authors and some of them I'll just say, oh, I so get what they're saying. They're saying it in two different ways. And I, I but think your that, book you know, is very understandable to me. was very... Yes, people understand it, but you know... Yeah, multilingual. But people... <laughs> People from India who read the book, they get a whole different experience, and and uh, you know they they just get they get a whole different experience, and that's what's so wonderful that you can write a book in. Mm. I'm writing in English, and I don't write in any other language, like because I've been educated only in English. I cannot, you know, I can read Hindi or Hindustani. What you say, I can read Devanagari script, but. Uh, I don't really, re I cannot write in it. My writing in it will be shocking. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you still get, and that was one wonderful thing about the Valley of Flowers is that in that whole experience of, of actually trekking the Valley of Flowers, we must have spoken about 70% Hindi. You know, we spoke 70% Hindi and 30% English. And yet I was able to convert that into an English book, which a lot of people everywhere can understand and if you are if you are bilingual you'll get you'll get more of the you know stories and i deliberately try to do that by adding uh, i i just add the words which i would really use so if you know when you read the book there are a lot of hindi words in it and i give a glossary at the back and i sort of explain it but i don't kind of belabor the point of explaining the word i think mm. and lots of people they read the book and they don't even realize that they've read a lot of Hindi words. And, and then they look at the glossary for, to see and they say, oh, Susan, it's so amazing. I know now exactly what a roti is. <laughs> I think it's kind of obvious. <laughs> but uh, that's what uh, was, you know, really interesting. Going back, I think, going yeah. back to childhood, having a bilingual childhood, I think it sets you up as an author in any language because certainly in my childhood, we spoke many, we studied mostly in English, but we also studied Hindi. And I know that when you can read another language, you get a whole different mindset. Exactly. So it's, it's different. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's, it's coming tied up with your childhood, with your culture. Exactly like me, I am... Persian as well so yeah. I have my conception oh. of a poem uh, like a yeah. Persian poem is totally different from somebody who, uh, even if you translate it to another language they don't understand the deep depth meaning of it I, yeah, I totally exactly. 
understand. I, I totally follow you. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and you know, one of the one of the I I could see in my writing sometimes when I read read it back because I always read it like back. I read it back and I think I'm always amazed that it goes bestseller because. For, but it may be just for someone who's Indian. When I read it back, I think I can hear, I can hear the Indian cadences in it. I can hear the way I write. It's a lot like, you know, like, uh, like I, I call it Hindi now because that's what we've grown up. But we know that what we're really speaking is Hindustani, which came from Urdu, which was actually a mixture of of Bhojpuri and Persian and Turkish and yes, all those languages. I understand some part of it as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and lot of those was like you say, you say sub subji subs, and, and you know India, immediately that it's a. Po- Susan, you are living in Australia. I've been there in Australia and lived yeah. there for three years, and uh, I see a lot of Indians living in Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Indian culture, Indian food is not very strange to Western countries, especially Australia, multicultural countries. Yeah. You. Canada and many people here love mm. your food and your culture mm. so it's not mm. a strange because lots of Indian live in Canada and Australia yeah. and anywhere of the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, what is the best uh, best advice you can give to authors I mean future authors who wants mm-hmm. who wants to start uh, who want to start um, publishing their book and start writing their book i think we are at a time now where people say that this time is a difficult time it's been a terrible time but you know what i think in the future this people are going to look back and they're going to want to know what people felt and i think that if we've lived through this this entire period and firstly we are lucky we you know we haven't got sick we are fine but people are going to want to know the stories and i think this is a wonderful time for anyone to write their story now if you're stuck at home and you can't travel and you can't go to the beach mm-hmm. stay at home and write and there's so much of technology now you really don't even have to know how to write you can install an app on your phone and you can dictate the whole phone and then you the whole story and you can give it away for transcription so there is no excuse for writer's block now writer's block is a <clears throat> is an imaginary thing there is no nobody's got talker's block we are talking I, I can't understand i cannot think of one person who has talker's block you ask them to talk <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so speech, speech recognition i i use it i use it a lot because sometimes uh, I, I have a lot in my mind. I cannot write it. And then it's easier and faster to just talk. Even if you yeah. have accent, which all of us does, yeah, yeah. all of us do. So what happened, you can correct them later. But if you just try to pronounce it um, fluently, then you don't have too much errors. After sometimes. And even the computer has a kind of learning uh, technique and they can understand your accent after some time. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, I love it's, this speech recognition. So that's yeah, that advice. Your, yeah. You can write your book in one weekend, literally. And when I say write, you can dictate your book in one weekend. And 
and there's no excuse for not writing your book. And quite often people, because, you know, Panty, I also help people to write their books. I help people to publish. A lot of people come to me and say, oh, I don't have anything to write. And I think, why do you, you want to hear that? <laughs> yeah, you don't have anything to write. Don't, you know, don't tell me that nonsense. And, you know, you can just sit down with someone and say, are you a mother? Or, you know, are you, uh, have you finished uni? Have you gone away? Have you ever had a hobby? Have you ever journeyed? Those are all things which you can write. If you, you know, your problems when you were, you know, when, when you were a mom, when you tried to homeschool your kids, that's a book. If you've ever had a journey and you've had a, a bad journey, that's a book. You had a good journey, that's a book. You've, uh, <clears throat> you've picked up a new hobby. Say you were stuck at home and you started to, uh, to bake, right? And, and now that's a book or two books exactly. or three books. So anyone can, and you, you can know, write the book. Everybody's life is unique. You have Absolutely. your unique experiences. You have, let's say you immigrate from one country to another country. Mm. This is the whole different story. And everybody yeah. has uh, his own story to tell. And yes, absolutely. To start another like career, as you mm. you are IT, I'm IT as well. I was suffering. Oh. Yeah, and then <laughs> I trans. I had lots of transition project management for a long time, and then yeah. now I'm doing something else. But that's what we do. That's life, and this is adventure and you have to write about it and we don't have too much time to live that's my philosophy because life is so short and i i knew one of my friends lost her sister to cancer mm. oh. uh, her sister was very talented and she said we talked about writing a book for years but we never wrote it so I said, because in your life, you always think, oh, I have time to write. Yeah, One day, you don't. I get older. No, you, there is no guarantee for your life. Life has ending. <laughs> and you yes. have to get best out of it. And you have lots of experience, which is unique. As I see, your experience tracking the Valley of Flowers is very unique experience. Mm. I've never told... I've never heard about it. When I wrote, when I read the book, I said, oh, there is somewhere in Himalaya you can go and you can enjoy seeing the beautiful flowers. You have like collection of beautiful flowers and this is really worth to go and see and visit. So Mm. you see, there is no another time. (laughs) That's what we have left. And we have Especially you should understand, you know, like we've got this pandemic and uh, really, yeah, who knows, like today we are safe and you don't, like in Australia, we thought we had, like, we thought we had kicked it and it just exploded in Victoria. And uh, a few days ago, it exploded in Queensland, a very small explosion. But what's, what's frightening about it is they don't know how it came. I didn't know you had this. You, yeah, in uh, Queensland. You had yeah. a f- uh, flood, you said? No, we had, we had some COVID cases. Oh, in, COVID cases. Okay. Yeah. Suddenly, and uh, of course, they shut down everything. And now they've opened again. But, you know, they've kind of said they've contained it to 
about 15 people. But still, what is frightening, they don't know how that person got it. That person is a 77-year-old woman who's still working. And she doesn't go night clubbing. She doesn't do anything. She just goes from work to home. And we don't know. They, they cannot trace the connection of how she got, got it. And you don't and, know how many people already got this. Exactly. That is what's frightening. <clears throat> so don't touch people. Don't hug people. Don't meet strangers. <laughs> but you can right. write a book and do all those things. You can touch it. someone. You can exactly. hug them. You can make new friends without getting a virus by writing a book. <laughs> I like that. You know what? I think writing is one of those proficient that you never get tired of it because inherently you have it and you really um, can talk with your heart by your heart when you write. Because whenever I was tired, whenever I was sad, happy, mm. or whatever emotion I had, I always wrote it somewhere. Because by referring to those, I just remind myself what, what, what I was doing that day. So I always mm. have this here. See, I always have this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to write. And this is a good reminder for myself and one day you see i'm gonna actually write something for my daughter someday she can refer to it and they, oh my mom did this at this time <laughs> and yeah writing is passion and we always recommend everybody who want to be a writer do it now especially in COVID, mm. because this is the best way to write and don't think that you don't have anything to write. You have it. You have lots of experiences and it's good to be on the paper rather than just be here in your heart because it can carry over and over in different generations with your... Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, with your grandparents, with your kids. And this is beautiful. That's the beautiful concept of writing a book. I keep telling my husband to do that because he's a great storyteller for kids, right? And he just, but he says, I can't remember the stories. And the thing is, I said, you should try and remember, just tell it to someone. Because the other day, uh, my granddaughter was here. Normally I was putting her to bed because, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was me who was putting her to bed. And I was saying, I was actually looking forward to, you know, having bedtime, reading her a story. And she said, no. I want daddy da. You know, daddy, she calls my husband, oh, grandfather, daddy, so daddy. So I want daddy da. I said, why is that darling daddy da is a bit expensive, a bit busy. I'm here with you. I'll tell you the story. She said, no, I want smart leopard story. <laughs> <laughs> so he has these long stories about a smart leopard. Oh. And <laughs> these children about so he says i don't know i just keep talking about the smart leopard and normally it's what they've done in the day and they just love it in my all my children uh, they always loved so the smart leopard is a member of our family who has all these adventures and uh, sometimes when you, when you hear the story you think 
nothing happens in that story. You don't love it. So here's one task for me is to one day force my husband to sit down and write down his smart leopard stories because I said, your, you know, our children won't be, be able to tell them again. And oh, I'm, so even my, you know, my, and my son is 40 and my daughter's 38, you know, you know, the elder ones. And they were, when, when uh, Bella was telling them, oh, she was, you know, do you know about smart leopard? And these children, they were rolling their eyes and saying, you've started her on smart leopard. Now this is an addiction which will continue your whole life, your childhood. We will have to tell them stories about smart leopard. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way the story goes from one generation to another one. Yeah, and even people who think who, they can't write, uh, they are... You know, maybe my husband will never write a story. He'll never write a business book because yeah, he's an Air Force, ex-Air Force uh, officer. And, it, you know, the amount of stories he's got is reality. But I said, you can, you know, I, I'm not very good at fiction. I'm struggling with my fiction book. But he just tells these stories. Uh, he just sits down and he just makes yeah, these stories out of it. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I said, I said you should write you should write your book because if you write a smart leopard book, you can write like 20 stories and you will be a best-selling author like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Susan, so, I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, our time is uh, up and I'm 100% sure my audience really enjoyed it as well. This is my honor <laughs> to have you in this show, three times bestseller author. And I can't wait to see you write more books and uh, <laughs> hop on in new adventure <laughs> so uh, just for last thing to say do you have anything to add any promotion for your new book or any freebies any program well on my i do have a, a freebie which is a very valuable checklist and it's called the 10 free tools for aspiring best-selling authors. Mm. So I've been, it's on my Facebook. Uh, you know, if you join my Facebook, you can get it by just sending me a comment. But uh, what I do do is uh, I do help people to write their own books. So if you're even thinking about writing your book, you need a book coach. I'm there to help you. So, you know, oh, come, perfect. contact me and uh, yeah, we work together and get you a best-selling book because I'll get you to write it and uh, then you can go ahead and decide if you want to publish it. But uh, mm, it's great. really, I, f I feel that I can't, if I can write one book, it's great. But if I can get 10 people to write 10 books, that gives me great joy as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, here you go. You have Susan to help you to write your book to bestseller. And that's yep. amazing to have a coach beside you and you don't need to just look for something else is here you have her and beat lots of experience in three times bestseller author thank you yeah, so much okay. Susan. thanks fanti lovely to talk to you and all the best for your book because your book is bestseller as well i think Yes, actually, yeah, I wrote one book, uh, Rules of Change for the Better, as a bestseller. I had a co-author with another book. 
Um, and then I have my own book coming, um, which called Naturally Conceived for people who, who are going to be pregnant and struggling with fertility issues. Thank you for mentioning <laughs> about my yeah, book. That, that's something which really helps people. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love your books. I've read your other yeah. books. I just Thank love them. Thank you so much, Susan. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Fantia. Talk later. Yeah. Bye. Bye.